we share those things when we have a chance to just letting people know you appreciate them um making time to go see your see your people when you have a chance to like it's my sister's birthday uh next weekend like it's her birthday is on the fourth and she's doing something for the first she kind of want to go out she want to kind of have a party have a brunch it's corona i don't really want to go but like that's my people like yeah. always be my people right. and it's just like they her and my best friend Brenda always kind of come out to uh, LA or wherever I'm at to like celebrate. Right. Um, and I, I want to be able to be there for them too. So it's just like, just again, just kind of being there for people when um, you can. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. Um, I, I got some, I got some cousins here, here in Cali that like I, I haven't seen probably in over a year, all darn, darn near. And so like just, just like you said before, being very intentional about that time because like, it, you know, I remember, I remember seeing, I think. My uncle had added me on Facebook maybe just a few months ago, you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Right? And it's like, now I'm looking back on it and I'm like, man, I should have started up a conversation with him yeah. and checked up on him because yeah. it's like, now you can't anymore, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's just, like you said, just taking taking those few seconds to just say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on Rich, with you? Been? Yeah. Right, right? So so that that person, if they, if God forbid, they do transition earlier than you expect, they knew that you were on their mind. Absolutely. You know? Because there's so many times we think about people and we don't really actively kind of reach out. So I'm trying to get into the habit. When somebody crossed my mind just to at least say what's up. I know I don't be doing that that well of texting people back and different things like that. Um, holding whole conversations. I'm better when I can get out like a phone call in. Alright. Um, so I've been trying to do that a little bit more often. I like I call my grandma a little bit more, um, especially now that she's retired. Like them living on the East Coast I think it's a little harder, like matching up with schedules. But I think it's the, the thought that counts, right? So when reaching out, like I have like a little cousin um, that I really talk to, like I have her number, but I talk to her on Instagram. So when I see her like, post, I was just kind of check up on her, like how you doing? She just was running for, um, it's called, I think like, uh, Ebony Club, which is their like BSO or BSU, oh, yeah. like African Student Union. So yeah, so I reached out just to say, what's up? Like, hope, hope she's doing well. Like, Go ahead and get that president because right. she was running for president. I was like, running the family, like, do your thing. So, yeah, again, just like letting people know um, in whatever form you have that you care about when you will. For sure, for sure. And so, yeah, this, this, this is just a simple reminder from us um, to, to cherish these moments. And if you have your own health, to be extremely thankful for that because it can be here one day and gone the next. Absolutely. Um, and so, with, with that being said, um, we are we are actually going to get get into things that are just a little bit lighter, such as our light roast. <laughs> and so, for those of you who don't know, the light roast is when we critique someone or something in society. Um, but then we also try to show them love and make the criticism be constructive. Um, but before we do that, we usually have a quote that's is centered around the light roast. So, T-Shaw, today our quote is: "The most miserable people are those who only care about themselves." Understand only their uh, only understand only their own troubles and see only their own perspective. Oh, All right. Exactly. So when, I'm gonna say it one more time. Okay. Okay. So, one back. Exactly. So the most miserable people are the are those who care only about themselves, understand all, only their own troubles and see only their own perspective. Tisha, what does that mean to you, man? Man, it, it's an ego thing. I think it's like you, when you can't see past yourself and you can only understand things through your lens, right. then you're usually kind of angry because you feel like people don't understand you, but you've kind of centered yourself. Right. When you can't understand where somebody else is coming from, then then I, I think you become real selfish. You're going to become a very selfish pe- a person. I think that like I've dealt with many of very selfish people and I think they think that the world will walk around them. Mm. And I don't think that like, 
I don't know. I don't know if it's a like a, a characteristic of that person because I think that anybody can be selfless. Right. I think that it, it takes a, a amount of consideration that a lot of people don't do. I think that when this quote reminds me that people think that things kind of just happen to them. Right. Like life just continues to happen to them and it just only happens to them. And when things happen to them, it's like because of them. It's like, no, like life happens. And it's just like, do you go with it? Do you go with the flow? Are you understanding like why these things happen? Like how you can like stop them? But I think when you're like a very egotistical person, you think that the world kind of revolves around you. Um, I heard it's called like main character syndrome. You think mm. that like, it's like a, almost a narciss narcissism, right? right? I think that like when you're very like kind of self-centered, then like the world revolves around you and like something is kind of happening because like either your karma or something like that. So I think that that's what I think of. What about you? Um, yeah, I think that um, when I think about people who only care, care about themselves, um, I feel like there has to be a lot of a lot of hurt there. Um, mm -hmm. There has to be something that sort of makes you feel like I am the only one that matters, and that the earth earth revolves around me. And so when I when I see people like that, I'm like, there's there has to be something that you're lacking. That must be so lonely, yeah, you know. Um, um, and, and so it's it's just a very interesting concept, and I think that we see it a, a lot, right? Um, and so with that being said, I wanted to sort of go into the light rose for today, which is around 50 cents. Tisha, what, tell, tell the people more about this 50 cent thing going on. Oh, 50, 50. 50, 50. Um, what did he say? He pretty much said that he would he would be willing to move if Trump doesn't win, right? Right. Um, and I think that like, to me that that is just so selfish. And I think that like, for, for me, it's just like, it takes the authenticity um, away from 50. Like that he had came from the streets and that he's this, he's that. But it's like you learn that like once people get to the top, then that's all that they really care about. They don't care about anything about themselves. And so he really doesn't care about the younger him. That's what I think of. Um, and I think that like, just like you said, it's like a lack of love. And it's just more, I think with the lack of love, it comes with the love of money, right? I think right. that people use money to fill like their voids. And I think that that's kind of what I get. But it's just like, he doesn't care about anybody but himself. He'd rather like conserve his money. And I think that like, it's tough for me to see black people like that. Cause it's like there's so many of us um especially ones that don't come for money a lot of us don't come for money and even if you do kind of come for money a lot of like at least like with my mom like she's doing like well like i think we were fairly well off like right. we ascended through the middle class like growing up but like my cousins and stuff like especially like like a little outer of my family like seeing my mom kind of be the one that made it right one of like the trailblazers one of the first ones to make it right you know that there's still people like around that aren't doing that well and i think that that's why black people have so much linked faith right and that's why i think a lot of us care about like democrat even though like democrat might not be the best thing for us all the time it's like we we're looking for like the social like i don't know the social help like for like our uh, like our we're not only voting for ourselves right right um and i so i think what 50 is like bro you so far gone that's what i think what about you? No, no, I absolutely agree. And I, and I think me and you have talked about this before, but this idea of like capitalism and, and loving money, I think that I, that you see that whether you, you see someone in the slums of the quote unquote hood or, or a black person who is super quote unquote sedity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, I think that that mentality is basically the same thing that got Queen and Slim killed. Oh, um, right? Because it's, it, it's if, if I know that if I as a white structure can um, so if influence a black person with money, whether they're poor or whether they're they're rich, um, and get you to give up on all of your 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 social fights, 
um, then, then I can I control you, right? Yeah. And the funny thing is that no matter how much money you accumulate, right, mm -hmm. the, the power will never be yours, yes. right? So it's yes. like, so it's, you know, Jamie Foxx talks about, you know, you know, and he's a multimillionaire, has probably several hundreds of millions of dollars, um, but he's been stopped in, in uh, rich neighborhoods driving fancy cars, mm -hmm. right? And so it's like, it's, it's this myth, it's false myth and notion that like, money can actually save you. Absolutely. It can actually put you in the spaces that you see some of these rich white folks in. Yeah. Um, and, and for black people to not necessarily understand, it's just like you said, T-Shaw, our destinies and our face are linked. Mm -hmm. And so until this black person in the slums can be looked at and treated with respect and dignity, you can't and you won't. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You could be poor and white and spit on the face mm -hmm. of someone who is rich and black, and it's 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 uh, it's whatever. I think Chris Rock was talking about how like um, he made this joke where he was saying like he's a no poor white man would, in this country would switch places with him. And he was like, I'm rich and I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to we have to think about why why that is. And if and if that's the case, then it can't ever just be about the money. You know? Yes. Oh, bro, that's such a good point because I think uh, Carrie Washington was also talking about this. Like her going out and up outside of her home and going rollerblading, rollerblading with her children and just being out and about, and it's like that money and that fame won't save you. Cause like all it takes is a white person that's never heard of you, right. and then you just another nigga. Like, right. and that's that's it. Like that whiteness has reduced your identity. All that you work for, all of that. If like it's it's easy for some bumpkin not to know who Fifty Cent is. He gonna treat you just like how you look. Like. Yeah, I, look, well, and, and to that point, T, like, I, I don't want to keep bringing up comedians, but Dave Chappelle talked about um, how he was in Ohio, and he got stopped by a cop who knew him, mm -hmm. right? But then that same cop, he killed, he, he killed, um, he was, I don't know if it was Tamir Rice, but it was, like, another black boy in Ohio who, like, got that same news, and it was the same cop. Yeah. So it's like, in, in the same, in the same instance, you recognize one black person, but one black person you didn't recognize got, got killed by you. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that stuff, even though Dave Chappelle got that one that one pass, like like you said, had that guy not recognized who Dave Chappelle was, we already see what he thought about exactly. black people. Exactly. So it's just yeah. devastating. That, that guy said that he thought Tamir Rice was closer to 30 than 12. Like, bro, what? Like, this little kid? Like, so yeah, I, I think that that's the scary thing. And I think that and the, the scary thing too is that like, it's not just uh, 50 Cent. Right. Somebody uh, on Twitter had asked, Meek Mill did like a ask me anything for like 10 minutes, 30 minutes. They asked Meek who he was voting for, uh, Biden or Trump, and he put like all these just random little emojis that like pretty much was like, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like looking around, like I don't know if I can tell you pretty much. And it's just like, I think when people kind of aspire to that level, um, Asia, Asia Doll has came out and said that like, she, she messed with Trump because he blessing the scammers and he giving out money and different things like that. And I think people don't realize, like, that's actually not a socialism. Um, that's really, like, so that's social welfare. That's not really, like, a Republic, Republican thing. Right. I think that they're attributing things that, like, and it's also stimulus. They're not doing that because they're like, oh, we want uh, black people to do well. We want people to do well. No, they're trying to keep the economy going. People don't have jobs. Like, people don't have jobs because of corona. People can't make money. Then people aren't spending money. People are going to hold on to money for emergencies and different things like that. The economy crash, like, there is no country to really, like, run. Right, right. This is all in their interest. And so I want to shout out this tweet that I had found. It says, this is why I say being capitalist is a fast track to becoming a Republican. 
once all of y'all hustlers get to that tax bracket you're aiming for, your mindset is gonna change. That whole tax and the rich idea is not gonna sit well when you're rich. Yeah, and y'all not ready for that conversation. And I think that that's kind of, I think it's a good point because I think there's so many black people that I know that aspires to be rich. Um, and I think that like, it is a false aspiration in the sense that like, people are hoping to get like a billion dollars, but like not too many people become billionaires. Right. And I think that they, they end up aligning with these people and riding for these people with the hope that their meritocracy, like that their, their, their hard work will get them there. Mm. But I don't think that it'll ever really get them there because we know like this is just not how it's set up. And I think that we cape for billionaires and millionaires all the time and what they do with their money and like with the hope that we can one day be there and have those protections that they have. Right. And it's like, it's a jig. Like, I, I think that like people that are really hoping to be capitalists, hoping to gain this money, it's like, well, what do you want this money for, really? And I think that people that are shooting to be capitalists are typically conservative. Because like the idea of conservative is just to conserve your money. Right. It's to kind of hoard your money. And I think that that is, is such a dangerous thing when like, if all you're kind of after is money, um, it, it gets very problematic because it's just like, I think that that's the mentality people get. They just want to kind of accumulate wealth, accumulate wealth. But it's like, my question is like, why? Like, what are you going to do with that money? Um, and I think that like, that's where we get dangerous and that's when people become Trump supporters. So I think when you're conservative and you're conservative with your money, then you start to become conservative in your values socially as well. Mm. Those two are kind of linked. No, no, absolutely. And what I'll, what I'll say about that too is, um, you know, it goes back to what Michael Eric Dyson once said. I think he was saying that, you know, black people in this country don't even don't even own the right to say like I can't breathe and like mm-hmm. they have the faith that a cop will get off of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have that, then it doesn't matter what else you own, because yes. you don't have the, you don't have the rights to your own life. Yes. Um, and and so I, I think that because I've heard of things like Denzel Denzel Washington like possibly being. A Republican probably because of those same reasons, yeah. right? And so it, it, it just gets to this idea of like um, you, you you have to start to invest invest in black people early early on, and you have to like when you're sort of going and growing up and going through your situation and making it and making those means, you have to remember where you come from, and like mm-hmm. everyone wants to forget once they get get there. Absolutely, and I think this is a good place to transition to like um, the SARS movement. Yeah. Um, that's happening in Africa, uh, specifically Nigeria right now, mm-hmm. um, ending SARS. So like that is a movement to um, stop. Uh, I'm, 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 I guess I'll just say a police unit, right? Right. Um, I think it's like special agent robbery support. I don't know. I just made those words up. Um, but really, what it is is just police brutality, and I think that it's the same colonized mindset. Um, like these are the the government is protecting like private interests is protecting like money interests over people i think that that's really the like the crux of it it's like once you get to that level once you've made it um then you're ready you're ready to protect money over people all the time and i think that like black lives matter is a is a global movement um it's if black lives really matter then they have to matter across the the, the nation and across the world um, and I think that like they're dealing with the same things that we're dealing with. It's those uh, again, police brutality is really at the center. It's that it's the government. Um, it's the the lack of like care for black bodies, um, and then the the more care over uh, like capital and actual like money over people. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. Um, and we just want to say that you know, just in case y'all y'all were confused because y'all shouldn't be. 
But um, you know, we we stand in solidarity with with the fight against SARS, because uh, like Tisha, like you were just saying, like um, this type of stuff is happening all across the globe. Mm-hmm. Police brutality is at the center, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and these 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 black bodies have to like matter across the diaspora, right? Um, and so, what are what are what are some ways that like people can get get informed because I saw you sharing information yeah. uh, th- this week. So if you don't know too much about this, where where can they learn more? There's a lot of places you can kind of look into. Um, there's a lot of different Instagrams that let you know where you can um, either find more information or like donate. Um, but I think another big point too is that there was a, there was a massacre pretty much, mm-hmm. um, what the government did. So the, the protests have been going on for a minute um, but what happened was that they had taken, it's like they was planned, it's definitely premeditated. They had taken down the cameras um, at, a, at a protest spot that they knew it was gonna be pretty big. Right, right. They took out the cameras, um, they turned out the lights, they pulled in the military, mm-hmm. it's overpowered the citizens. And I think that that's where it really caught a lot of um, attention. And I think that that was the most disgusting part is that like, this is actual warfare, like against nonviolent protesters in your own citizens. And I think that like that's another reason that I really feel like we should be pointing that out um, and looking into it because I think that like that is something I would say we're blessed to like kind of not be able to experience here in the United States. There, I think because of the history of the United States and how they position themselves like the greatest country in America, I don't think they could or greatest country in the world. They could they could never get away with something like that. But I think the most frustrating thing for me is that like I looked on the. Uh, I looked on like the news and like, I mean, we do have US news, but like, I think a massacre like in a country that was also on Instagram Live and different things like that right. should be kind of covered. It wasn't really covered in mainstream media. It was more on Twitter. And again, that's like, that's that's people doing their own type of media kind of sharing out. So without Twitter, we wouldn't really know what's going on. Cause I want to say like, I went on BBC. BBC is a, a world news organization. I mean, it's more focused on like England and Europe, but like, we know they've colonized Africa. They have a better relationship with Africa, closer. Um, it wasn't in their top 10 stories of the day. Do, do you think that part of it is like, they look at violence in places places in Africa, um, and um, and specifically what in Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Do, they, you, do you think they look at things where it's predominantly black people, and they look at it the same way they look at a Chicago or Detroit and violence there, where it's just like, Ooh. oh, it's all these black people, violence isn't here, ahead of them. Like, if we were covering violence of black people, it'd be all over the news all the time, yeah, so like... That's a good question. And it is what I legitimately wonder as they're going through all of this, because it's just like, I think that um, the, the motherland in and of itself is looked at as this place of like, you know, oh, these are poor black people, they're not as distinguished, they're not as X, Y, and Z, and so like, now when all this violence is happening, I can sort of look more to the side and not really care about it too much because it's just like, oh, those are just black people acting up like they mm-hmm. usually do, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that's just a thought that came, came to my mind. Yeah, no, I think that's such a great point. I think that like people think that, yeah, in, violence is inherent with black people. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, yeah, those Africans are just killing each other. Uh, this is just like what they're doing in Chicago. Right. It's just like what they're doing in LA, South Central. Like that's just what they're doing across the nation. Um, violent, violent, violent. And I think it takes away like the history um, that kind of has led to that violence, right? right. That um, like people were being put in positions that like otherwise they shouldn't have been. Like Nigeria was colonized by um, Britain for a very, very long time. Right. So then the the government that usually comes in place is kind of planted by Britain, right? And it's like these are like 
they would say the bourgeoisie, but it's like the the black people like the bougie black people. Like, All right. Of course, it's the fifty cents and it's the meat meals, right? It's the people with money that are they just want to keep the money. They just want to be able to like hoard the wealth and make sure that like it doesn't really spread because it's like oh we doing well. So it's like when you put those people in place, like they have the same mentality. It's just the white people in blackface, and it's like that's. And I think that that's the dangerous Jeez. part. It's like, and so many of us aspire to that though, because we think that that's what we're supposed to be. And I think that there's just so many other ways that we could like kind of go about it. Um, and like I don't know, it, it takes. So there's a book called Decolonizing the Mind. I think that's what it kind of takes. To know that, like, we don't have to go down this route. There's another route that we can go down. Like, we don't have to strive to be billionaires to say we're successful. We can change the world in a bunch of different ways. We can be helping people. We can spend, like, money is not the only thing we should kind of aspire to. I think that goes back to last week. It's just like, you can, you can give and love, and there's just so many things that can make your life more fulfilling than actually just garnering. Well, yeah, and, and that's and, and for all my you know black people who want to aspire to be billionaires and all that stuff like, you know, here's what you also gotta gotta realize: you can spend your whole life, you know, putting in putting in your investment and your time and your love into like gaining money and capital, but you can have children or whoever you leave your legacy to who could like destroy that in seconds and or 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 in a couple of years, but you spent your life building and so. Money, money is never really going to be your true legacy mm -hmm. because you can't really control how, how that how that money is used, what it's spent on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But you can, but but what you have way more control over, and what will actually have lasting effects is how you make people feel and the type of legacy legacy you leave in terms of your impact on communities, yes. right? Like Nips, like think about a Nipsey Hussle, yes, like exactly. that's such a great example, right? Like he, I don't, th I don't think he died died a billionaire, but does their graphics shows you the hundreds of millions of dollars that he's put in communities um, in, in LA, and all those things are going to spring on and go forever in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. So that's his legacy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so like you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be freaking Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos to like be remembered and solidified in history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to impact lives too. I think that that's such a great point because I was watching this um, Kendrick Lamar video. Um, and it's funny because the, the organization I work for, we're at, one of, we're at the high school that he used to go to. All right. A lot of people don't know that like he um, gave millions of dollars to, uh, or like, a, like a few hundred thousand dollars to like their music program. Um, and they mentioned it during the little documentary that I watched. And he was like, oh, y'all knew that? Like, nobody's supposed to know that. Like, I just did it because, like, I don't know. That's what I just felt like I needed to do. Like, I know I know this is where I came from. We didn't have these resources when I was growing up. We were just banging on the lunch table, kind of rapping and stuff. All right. I want people to be able to pursue uh, music, but also get a good idea of kind of what's going on, get up-to-date equipment, different things like that. Um, and he did it. He did it out the generosity of his heart. Right. In a way, he didn't even want people to. No, and I think that that's another big thing. It's just like we, we can care about communities and, and not have to be like publicity things. Like it doesn't have to be for everybody to know. It's not like Kim Kardashian. Like we appreciate Kim Kardashian fighting for these people, trying to get them off parole and different things like that, or um, uh, trying to what, what's the thing get their sentences like kind of taken off, right. um, pardoned. Yeah. They're trying to get she's trying to get some people pardoned, but like she does that in front of people. Right. Like she does that for the cameras and different things like that. And I think that that's kind of what separates it. I think that the outcome kind of is the same still that we're helping people. But like, I think when what at the heart of it is what kind of like changes things. When you are just doing it out of the goodness of your heart, usually those actions reciprocate. They, exactly. They, they, 
manifest not only from you it inspires other people to do other things but when you're doing it for the cameras like it's a good gesture but i think it stops there right. once people you've gotten that gratification that people have seen then you're just like yeah people think i'm a good person right right um so that's just all to say that like it's important to be posting in different things about like not just the SARS movement, but I think um, ending SARS. But I think that there's um, Black Lives Matter. Uh, there's uh, what was going on. In, um, I think it's the Congo um, that their children are being like uh, brutalized as they're mining cobalt and different things like that. So there's things going on, and I think it's important for us to like put it out there. I think that's one step that we can do is just share. But it's looking more into it, it's getting more information on what's going on, like the history, is doing a little research, you know, like, right. I think it's sharing out what's happening, um, and then it's also donating. I think that, especially when things are international, there's not as much as we can do, but I think if you go and research the NSARS, like, campaign, or whatever, whatever thing is affecting you, or affecting the, the world, really, right. um, that is how you can really find out. So, like, with SARS, like, I don't know exactly what we can do, uh, um, there's not a lot of information. There was a, a post about like this. These were some things you could donate to. It doesn't really even exist anymore. I was looking for it. Um, but what I will say is that once you like kind of follow that hashtag, there's people actually pleading. You can you can connect to a real person, and I think that that has more impact than like even donating to like the Red Cross or right. something bigger, right? Where you don't know if your money's actually impacting somebody. People have like actual GoFundMe's that are going directly to them, and then these are people on the ground. No, no, absolutely, and and we're we're going to talk about that later in the segment too. But like, just wondering exactly where where like money goes, and like we trust these big uh, million, hundreds of million dollar, billion dollar corporations uh, to like use our money wisely and to use it in a socially justice justice oriented way. And like sometimes it is much better to just have that personal impact, right? Here, hearing about a true story of someone saying, "I'm going to impact you directly," and I can see the impacts of that money for the rest of your life or whatever, right? Absolutely. Um, and so for those for those of you who have more tips of you know how we can get more involved in, in these movements um, and, and impact them better you know hit us up on our Twitter at uh, Bruin Black Pod or hit us up here on Instagram on uh, Bruin Black Podcast right um, and so you know with that said said um, we're we're talking about you know a lot of international things and I, I want to take us take us back home because you know we've been talking about how blackness isn't appreciated how like police brutality has been in the center of it um but you know let's talk about uh per the personal the one-on-one like disacknowledgement of blackness and disrespect mm -hmm. to blackness right um i don't know if you saw that debate um yeah, of course I did. uh but you know one of the highlights um things that have been people have been going crazy over is when trump said you know, I'm the least racist person in this room. T, what were your thoughts on that, man? <laughs> I had I had no thoughts other than to laugh because I was like, I what I thought he had said something else at first too. I thought he said in the world. And I think that's why I like busted out laughing. Like I really busted out laughing because I feel like I wouldn't have put that past him. Right, right. But then he said it again, and then he was like, you know, I can't even see who's out there because it's a really really dark room. But either either way, I'm the least racist person out here. And I was like, this man is full cap. Like, Absolutely. come on, bro. Like, you are the same person. And I was so glad that Biden had said this. I was like, he's the same person that when he started his campaign was coming down the uh, escalator was like, we're gonna get them out of here. Uh, Mexicans are uh, rapists and murderers or something like that. Yeah. Like, bro, that's racist. 
Like, I, and I also said to my girl, I was like, okay, what about the Central Park Five, right? He had took out a whole ad pleading for uh, us to like um, seek the death penalty. Yeah. He calling them super predators. And he kept accusing Joe Biden of uh, saying super predators. And there's been like, uh, well, Snoops is the ones that usually look into like fact claims, right? right. Um, and they, they fact checked that and it wasn't it wasn't true. Like he's never actually used that phrase, super predator. I know Hillary Clinton had and Bill Clinton and some other people have, but I don't think Joe Biden has ever been quoted saying that. Right. But he has used it. That's what that's the funny part, is like, bro, you said this job. Um, so yeah, like how, how are you not the least racist person? Um <laughs> So I thought it was comedy. What, what about you? Um yeah, I, you know, I think I think, you know, everything that that, that man says is is a joke. I, I don't take him seriously on anything. I think that you know, I mean, his base and a lot of his base, like, are blatantly racist, Race. racist, Race. and right, and and very much so inspired by him. And so, like, that was one thing. But I think what it made me think about too was that the America feels like a trying to teach a three-year-old about the deepest, most intellectual parts of racism. I think that's how far behind we are as a mass, as a mass, as a country. Because I think that you know. We can laugh because, like, we're like Trump is obviously a a racist that's mm -hmm. that inspires white supremacists. But like, uh, there are a lot of moderates, there are a lot of people who are in the middle who don't know um, to vote to like to not vote for Trump, and they don't understand that like he's a ra racist. And honestly, T, you know, you and I, we could look at someone like Amir Romney or John McCain, got got rest his soul, and like other other Republicans who have run, and we can tell you like no like their policies are extremely bad yeah, and toxic and racist. Too. Yeah, like Ronald Reagan or racist. But but, but my, my, my fear with Trump is that like I think a lot of white folks are looking at him and a lot of Americans are looking at him as like the what as the standard for what racism looks like. Mm -hmm. And like he's just such a simplistic yeah. version of racism. He's that like like if you don't look at Mike Pence and I feel like Mike Pence is the more, a more dangerous racist than Trump. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, educated racist. Right, right. And so, like, That's I... scary. Yeah, yeah. And so, we should be paying a lot of attention to the stuff that Mike Pence is saying, but I don't think that America knows how to think deeply about what a racist is or what racism is. Talk about that, bro. And, Talk about yeah, that. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's incredible. I, I think that white folks now have a, a symbol of what a racist looks like. This is what your history books tell you a, ra a racist looks like. This is what um, your your diversity training, your colorblind ideology, your neoliberalism yeah. tells you that racism looks like. It's someone like Trump who's blatantly racist, right? Meanwhile, meanwhile, you have someone who is way more strategic, way more intelligent, who is showing you policies, telling you, um, you know, it's about conserving your rights and making and making uh, America the way it's supposed to be. And no, it's about taxes. It's not about racism. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, this, the, it's about freedom to your guns. It's not about racism. And it's like all of these things are, are it's about keeping criminals off the street. It's not about racism. And so for me, it's like I got to urge, urge anyone listening um, to really think more in depth about what racism is, because I think that you know, there's there's not there's no such thing as a least racist person because that that implies that there's a white person in that room that's super not racist and like there we have some great allies but like I don't think any white person is ever gonna escape racism all the way right just like we as men are never gonna escape sexism all the way or, or heterosexism all the way and I think until you understand right right because the point isn't even about 
you know, whether Trump is super racist or not, not super racist, because most white folks have have tensions of racism in them, mm -hmm. and that and and the mat the the mass population of white folks not being aware of their little acts of racism or their racism is way more dangerous than Trump Trump yelling the stuff and spewing the stuff he spews. You know what I'm saying? I'm not dealing with Trump every day, but I'm dealing with a coworker or or a classmate or some rando on the street who has who has uh, thoughts embedded in racism and they don't even know it. So I, I'm like I'm like all right. I'm like yeah, that's clickbait. Look, yeah, I'm like yeah, that's clickbait. Trump, that's great. That da, 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 whatever. But like until we're ready to have a real conversation about what racism really is and what a racist really is, like I I can't even entertain. Yeah, bro, because I want to say that's the most frustrating part, that racism, people think of racism and they think of Trump right. automatically. And I think that that's why white people hate Trump. Right. Because, again, we've talked about it, he exposes the worst part of like, white people. Right. It's like, the he's the overt that they have that is like internal, that is covert. It's like the things that they don't ever want to say out loud is to say the things that he do say. And it's just like, if we've only kind of pigeonholed Trump and um, the Proud Boys and KKK members as the racist, then we can never get to the root of the problem. We can never outroot racism because it's like the, the white lady that clutches her bag and crosses the street is racist. Like those are racist like actions. And I think that like, just like you said, I think that we have to kind of get out of labeling somebody as a racist. Right. I think that that is, is, is almost like, it's dangerous. I think that like calling somebody like, sexist and different things like that, I think that it's hard. We can say that these behaviors are sexist. I think that that is a better way because I think we can, we can stop. I think when we call somebody racist, then the whole conversation ends up like back and forth. Like, oh, I'm not a racist, blah, 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 black friends, all of this stuff. When we say that, was, that, that action was racist, that action you did in the board meeting was sexist. Like if somebody came to me and was like, Tristan, I think um, what, you, what you did in that meeting was sexist. It's like I could be offend, uh, like take that to offense, right? I can start being defensive, but then they can talk about that action, right? Right. And how how could have bettered that action? And then it's not really seen as sexist. But we do know Trump is a racist. Exactly. We do know that people are sexist, right? But it's it's more of a care, like it's the it's the um, the collection of their behaviors. And I think behaviors can be changed, but we have to kind of identify those exact behaviors, like policies. Your policies, like Ronald Reagan is a racist because we don't look at his policies. And the policies that not only that he like um, that he supported actively, but the policies that came from under him, right? We think right. of like the ten to one crack to cocaine. Like that's racist because we understand that it affected black people much more than it affected white people. Who smoke crack? Black people. Why? Because it's cheaper. So it's like we we think of schooling, right? The the lack of um, funding for like uh, these schools that are so segregated. That's racist because we know who is attending those public schools. It's black and brown students. Right. That's racist. I think that like when we hide behind like um, I hate you as racism or um, these people or this or these people or that, then it's I, it, not not too many people are outright racist. I think a lot of people are not racist. I don't think a lot of people, a lot of men know that they're sexist, right? I think that they think they just have thoughts and opinions on women or they call them females or different things like they call it women females is sexist right because it it minimizes it, it dehumanizes them it takes their their personhood away it's like you're a female which can be a dog it can be a cow it can be a, a cat it can be anything right so i think that like we have to start like identifying the actual behaviors 
Because I think that then people can't run away from that. It's like, oh, that was sexist or that was homophobic. I think people call for somebody homophobic and they're just like, no, I'm not. I, I just this, that, and that. And it's just like, oh, like I seen this thing on Twitter the other day. It was saying these women were arguing because um, they said that she was saying that she don't want a man that sucked dick. Or they were saying pretty much that like a bi man is gay. Right. And it's just like, that's homophobic. <laughs> she was like, and then somebody pretty much broke it down. It was like, this is homophobic because, like, are you okay with them um, performing oral sex on a woman? Right. And I was like, yeah. But you don't, like, if they had ever performed oral sex on a man, you can never be with them. She was like, yeah. And she was like, why? They're both oral sex. And she was like, no, it's a different pitch. She was like, but it's, the action is still the same and it's reaching the same goal in, in sex, right? right. And she's like, that's just homophobic because you don't want a man that has been with a man ever before. Right. And she she couldn't see it, but it was, I thought it was brilliant. And it, I loved how she went about it because she wasn't really attacking them. But she just broke down her argument. It was like, this is why this is homophobic. And I think that like she did a good job because I think people were just calling her homophobic and she could never understand why. She might still not understand why, but I think pointing out the actual thing is important. Yeah, yeah, and I agree because I think it, it gives people something to work with and and you know if you say hey look i was i was offended and hurt by what you said because i think this is how it contributes to racism or something yes. like that right i think people can be a lot more per, per, you know receptive of it because it's like all right well my action because everyone wants to believe that they're a good human being oh, and that they're not trying to intentionally hurt anybody right but it's like and it's like when you say hey like i know you're a good person but like this behavior or what you, what you said, this is how it hurt me, this is how it's connected to some of these isms. Mm -hmm. Like, it, I think it can like really help, you know, sort of bring those walls down. And so like for, for, the, for our listeners, you know, if you have someone in your life who says something or does something offensive, right? We, and we talk about this in the group dialogue, right? But uh, maybe attack the opinion or uh, attack the statement, attack the action, that behavior, but never the person. And I think it, it sort of goes back to um, the capitalism argument, right? Like, there are going to be some black people who do not feel like they can say, you know, any types of pros about Trump. In their mind, mind what a, a pro about Trump is because they, they, they feel like they're going to get ostracized, crucified, and because people are going to look at them and say, oh, you're, you're coon, mm -hmm. oh, oh, you hate black people versus, hey, this is how I've got this perception hurts black people. This is how this love of capitalism that I'm seeing hurts black people. I know you love black people, but like, let me tell you why this action isn't connected to black people's yes, liberation. Yes. And it's like, I think when we can start doing that, oh. you know, we, cause I had a cousin who came on Facebook and she was like, I can't share my opinion. Like, I know I'm going to get killed for it anyway. So like, why would I do it? And those same people, mm -hmm. see, everyone does what they want to do, but some people they'll do it in silence, silence. and they can't do it in public. Absolutely. And this is how you don't talk about things. Folks are going to find ways to do it the wrong way on the streets. Right? Ooh. Right? So, like, anything that you, that you uh, fail to acknowledge is still going to fester. It never goes away. Energy is what neither created or, or destroyed, just transferred. So it's, so it's just like we, we have to, because all this fear, the people are not going to get rid of that fear. That fear is just going to come out in other actions like when they go to the polls. Mm -hmm. And so I th so for black folks who are really trying to make sure Biden and Harris win, I, or for anyone who's trying to make sure that Biden and Harris wins, I think now's the time not to ostracize Trump supporters or people who are in the middle, but to say, but to call them in, right? Oh, right, yes. right, as opposed to calling them out and say, hey, look, 
let Trump supporters come talk to me. Let's figure out why you want to vote for Trump. I want to understand this more. And like, and I will say this is not for everybody because the emotional and mental labor that it takes to do something like that is intense. But for those of you who feel like you have enough privilege and power to have those kind of conversations, call these people in. Yeah, call these people talk, in the middle. Can you talk about the difference between calling somebody in and calling them out? Yeah, so I so when you call someone out, and I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, T Shaw, it's 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 saying you know, you, what you did makes you a bad person. This, what you said is stupid, what you did is stupid. And I want you to sort of, I want you to feel a certain type of way about what you did, mm -hmm. right? And it's and because you think this way or you said something that the, a good person wouldn't say. And we're the good people, we're over here. Yes. But what you, what, what you did or said, that makes you a bad person mm -hmm. and you're out there. We want you to feel bad about that and acknowledge yes. your badness. Right, exposed. right, right. But see, the way life works is that when you when you do that to me, people expect you to be able to call you. People expect to be able to call you out, and for you to be like, "Oh, okay," and I totally agree. And like, I was I was tripping, even if you get called out in a crazy way. Yeah. But that's not what people do. People just get more defensive. Absolutely. Versus calling them in and saying, "Hey, look, this this is where your pro. This is where your action and what you said." Um, this is how it made me feel uncomfortable. This is what this is a problem that what you said or did is connected to. Mm -hmm. Let me like come and talk with me and commune with me and fellowship with me so that we can figure out what happened happened and figure out how to move forward. Absolutely. Right, and that and, and that goes back to what you were saying where it's like I know you're a good person. I know that you're in here with us, mm -hmm. right? But what you said hurt us, and I think and I and I'm going to assume and give you the benefit of the doubt that you care about us. And that you're that you're inherently a good person um, that doesn't want to hurt me. So let me tell you how you hurt me, yes. so that we might find community, com uh, some healing in this community, yes, right? Absolutely. So I, that, so that that's the difference for me. I mean, do, is there anything that you would want to add to that? Yeah, just calling somebody in is with care, right? Right. Calling them in because you care about them. It's like calling somebody into your office and closing the door rather right. than kind of screaming at them in front of people. Ooh, I like that. Having, it's like having a private conversation on it. Look, and shout out to my girlfriend. She really put me on the concept. And it's like things that I think we kind of sometimes naturally do. But right. having the words for it, I was like, ooh, calling somebody in instead of, she's like, I didn't want to call them out. So because calling them out is being in the group messaging, lighting somebody up, exposing them for who they are. Yeah. And I think that sometimes that can be effective if it's like something very toxic, very like, that you have to warn people, like, stay away from this person because they're dangerous, right? right? But I think that that's never trying to change the accuracy. It's not trying to change the behavior. It's just trying to warn people like, hey, look, stay away from them because they're too far gone or like, Ooh. It, it, it's a, it, it has a different message. It has a different purpose. Right. But calling them in is just like, hey, look, what you did, it, it affected me or it affected somebody else. And I have to let you know that this is how it affected them. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your perspective because a lot of people just want to be heard out. Because I think that usually when people get defensive, it's like, hey, but look, I was just trying to do this, this, and that. When you get called out, nobody want to hear that. Right. It's just like you're a disgusting person, you're a dirty person. Um, it, it usually is just something that is like, it feels very attacking. And I think that people never respond very well to it. So if we want to like change behaviors, it's called them. And it's doing so with care and love. Well, and you know what? And you said a couple, could you, you said some things that made me think about uh, two points. One is what you said before about like, Kim Kardashian or folks who, who do things, but like they're done in front of people, mm -hmm. right? And what, what, what you made me think about is like, when you're on Facebook and when you're on Instagram and when you're on Twitter, like 
instead of calling that person out on, like by commenting on their picture or their post, what what like wouldn't it make more sense to DM them to be like have that personal oh this is calling you in versus oh I disagree with you vehemently and like I'm gonna say it on this public platform that yeah. thousands of other people can see like I don't get why people do that yeah. like even with my own friends I've had friends who would like you know call me out on things and hold me accountable and the first thing that I do is I I hit them up on the side because it's yeah. like. I, I, I'm a direct person, right? Whether it's in a nice way or, or, or in a mean way, like I'm coming to you straight to your face. I don't do this in, in public. People, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't argue in front of people like that. So like, I think that in terms of, you know, for all of our listeners, I think that's a much better way to really approach your, your friends and your family members, hitting them up on the side. And in some cases, if you're saying something publicly that's like really, really hurting folks, maybe in some situations, having that public conversation is fine. Um, but but I, I really like the idea of you know hitting someone up on the side and saying hey look like I, I you might be going in the wrong direction here um, this is something that you might want to consider and this is not a conversation that I wanted to have in front of everybody because I didn't want to go back and forth yeah. forth with you because yeah. this is this isn't about me looking like the uh, the smarter one or like. Uh, looking like I have all the answers and I'm like the social justice person coming to slay you that you as the bad guy like I just really care yeah. so it's like we are going to close the doors virtually yeah absolutely. right and I think it's important uh, I think it's important in a way sometimes to call people out as a way to kind of check them right mm. but never to really not to have the full conversation because when right. we were saying I thought of uh, we had this discussion a while back a few uh, a good number of episodes ago when I was talking about my professor, right? Mm -hmm. He had said, he was saying Negroes, and he was just saying things that was making students uncomfortable. Right, right, right. So I had emailed him, and I wanted to have a conversation that was called in, but then he, he wanted to have that conversation in front of students, and it ended up a call out, but I had a lot of students that like replied to me, was like, hey, I appreciated that. I didn't I didn't know how to say it to him. Right. So it's just like, so in that, I had kind of checked him, and students knew that they were supported. So right. I think when you're in a position, it's important. Like, I've said some things on Twitter, um, that deserved to be checked. I think that the thing is they had a further conversation and I think that they were trying to flex and stunt. Right, like, right, right. There's, there's ways you can be like, hey, bro, delete this. You can just say, like, hey, delete this. This is not a good look. Right, you don't right. Wanna, you don't want to say that and then have a further conversation in the in the DMs or, like, you have my number. But when you're just, like, quote retweeting and putting, like, just, like, a think piece and it's like, oh, I don't, this why I don't, blah, 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 blah. Y'all don't be reading blah blah blah, right, blah, right. blah. Then it's like, oh, you're doing this for your own ego. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, who are you doing it for? And it's like when you're in front of people, it gives that impression that you're just trying to be smarter than somebody. You're trying to look like a better person, like that you're holier than thou. And maybe that's not what you're trying to do, but that's what the perception it gives off. Yeah, yeah. Because I've definitely, because I've had some friends who have called me out and like, and but like in a in a very correcting, loving thing. But like I remember this, this one person like. Every, it seemed like every time they commented on any of my things, it would be like to make it seem like they were were not necessarily smarter, but like their way was right. Mm -hmm. It was like, I person, I don't look at you as an expert in the things that <laughs> like if if you're like because for me it's like I'm not to be cocky or funny, but it's just like if you're gonna correct me on something, then I I need to trust where you're coming from, and if I don't trust where you're like I remember I was talking about Willie Lynch one time. Um, as like a real person, but William Lynch wasn't a real person. Mm -hmm. my, my historian friend told me, and she responded to me 
um, on, on Facebook, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But like, and I think that's important too, because yeah. like people think that Willie Lynch is real. I thought it was real too. So yeah. I think in that way, like, I don't see it as a true call out, but it's like letting publicly know that like, this information is not particularly accurate. Right. Right. And y'all could even had a discourse on the post, like. And that people could have read it and be like, oh, okay, like uh, they get a better understanding because you could have let them know, like, oh, I didn't know that. And like, but it's how people go about it. Yeah, yeah, because because one person's done it before, and I'm just like, hey, like, I don't, we don't, we're not even close, close like that, and I don't respect, res- like, you, you led a, you led a social justice conference, and now you're, you're, you're an expert <laughs> to me, for to me, I so so for me it was just like it's like Ice Cube, huh? yeah, yeah, like I just I like I, we didn't have that type of relationship for you to be on my statuses talking about this, even though that person did sort of invite me to like have that conversation. I was just like, but I would have to respect you, yeah, your 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 expertise. your expertise enough, and like I don't even we don't even have that type of relationship. So like so like, I, I think there there are ways to. To go to go about it correctly, I, I like what you said before, even about saying something like, "Hey, hey, I'm gonna, maybe you should delete this or reconsider this. I'm gonna hit you up in the DMs about yeah, it." Yeah. And even and like even that is like, oh, like, cause I cause I do agree with you in, in the sense that like sometimes you say something on a, a social media platform that thousands of people could potentially see, yeah, yeah. and if it's really hurtful and harmful and toxic, yeah. Sometimes someone can see that and be like, "Oh my god!" But then seeing your comments saying, "Hey, like this is BS," like. Yeah. Take this down. Like I'm, I'm gonna hit you up on the side of just so you know this BS. Um, that can actually inspire per, a person and let them know, hey, like this type of stuff isn't being tolerated. Yeah, especially because I think for us, like we have people that kind of look up to us, right? Right, right. That take our words as expertise and right. things like that. So if we're giving wrong information. That's why when somebody like checks me, I appreciate it because right. people let me get away with saying whatever almost. Like <laughs> that's why I appreciate Elder because I can I can make up a word right. and it sound good. Some people let me say it and she be like, "What? <laughs> that ain't a word." <laughs> and I think, but it's done out of love too. It's right. not it's not like to expose me in front of people. But I think people have that. So, but it's again, it's the relationship I have with her. Right. It's like if you don't have a relationship with me, you shouldn't do it. It's like, yeah, if I don't know you like that, because I don't know your intentions. Right. You usually, like if you don't know somebody's intentions, they usually try. Right, right, right. It's, and, and it's like, you, you're not going to get the response that you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so please, for all the listeners, just, just, be, just be mindful of that sort of moving forward, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think that people have a lot of social, uh, yeah, yeah, people have a lot of social media etiquette that they sort of have to um, um, just, just get over in that sense, right? Um, real quick, quickly, T-Shaw. Because um, you know we were speaking about Trump and, and, and all that, but like um, there's also this vaccine coming out, and you know Trump had the uh, he had COVID, then, then now he doesn't have it anymore, mm-hmm. and I don't know about this this um, new vaccine that they got coming out. Let me see, what is it called? It's called um, Redemsevir or something. <laughs> Redemsevir. Redemsedon. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. You gonna um, get it? Uh, no, first of all, I don't have COVID, so so we, so I ain't, I ain't touching it. But I don't see that. Here's the thing about electing a, a crappy president: I don't trust anything that his administration says or does, and so anything that's backed by his administration, I can't, 
I can't safely trust it. And then like it worked for an old white man a lot, which I, I don't subscribe to that or believe in believe in that that rhetoric and things that have worked for old white men have, have not worked for me. So I just I don't I, like capitalism. Yeah, like I just so I I can't see myself indulging in that. Like maybe something post-election and Biden and Harris, you know, knock on wood, they win. Yeah. Um, if their administration comes out and says, hey, this works, I might start to trust something. Yeah. But what do you think? Um, personally, it's funny because I had a tweet and nobody really engaged with it because I think they was like, oh, you're wild. But I was like, hey, look, when this vaccine come out, I might be uh, one of the first ones in line to get it. But that was under the impression that it is like a scientifically proven like, right. thing like that. And I was just saying that because it's like, I'm sick of kind of like going out and kind of being nervous about my health, right? Right. Like having to wear this mask and like wondering if I've been exposed. Like sometimes I'll go out and I won't wash my hands directly after and I might have touched my face and I'm like, damn. Because like, <laughs> I've, I've read so many reports of people that have done all the right things and still got it. Right. And that's stressful. So it's like I would love to have a vaccine to wear because I miss being out and going out, being able to go out and just enjoy brunch without like any thoughts, going to movies going to a game in person, like, going to parties, like, bro, I'll be kind of fun shit, like, it's Halloween coming up, and it's like, okay, even, like, my sister's birthday, it's like, she's, it's coming out, like, her birthday's coming up, and she's gonna have a party. I'm gonna go, but I definitely am gonna think before, after, and during, like, damn, I hope I am not exposed by anybody, because you just never know, and I think that that stress is, like, it affects you in a bunch of different ways, like, um, even with, like, our corona situation, right, like, of course, you didn't have it, you, you had, like, some symptoms, right? right? Maybe a symptom. And it's like, can I just not? Like, sometimes I like sneeze or call my girlfriend to look at me like, like, and I think you have to be just very cautious because, like, yeah, my roommates were going to a wedding. So it's like, okay, let me stay away from them so I don't expose them so they don't expose other people. We can just, it's hard to live life. Right. right. All of that's just saying it's hard to live life. But I'm not going to take nothing just because Trump said it's okay. Right. I'm not going to take something just because Biden said it's okay. Yeah. But I know that, like, with the Republican Party, at least on that line, is that the relationship they have with health officials, with who, with the CDC and all of that, these are the national and federal, like, agencies that are supposed to be experts in this. And if you are going against their opinion, I'm not saying that they always right. Right, right. But, like, if you are just not taking into consideration what they say, like, Dr. Fauci is the, the Surgeon General or whatever, and you said this is the highest elected doctor, and you telling me you're not listening to him? What's his position for? <laughs> touche, touche. So, I, I, yeah, like, I am I am cool off of it. I'd rather just stay in the house and then, because I'm not trying to have no I am legends <laughs> type situation. Uh, no apocalypse, none of that. Like, uh, what was the thing on uh, Boondocks the Fried Chicken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm cool off the vaccine for now. I would take it. I, I'm definitely willing to take it. Um, but I know that vaccines don't come out this early. Um, maybe in about a year or so, like, I might be willing to. Touche, so. touche. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I think that, you know, y'all keep your fingers crossed. I think, like you said, T, like, it's all about the source. Mm -hmm. Is the source credible or not? Yes. Um, and, and, you know, right, right, exactly. And so, you know, just... You know, do do your research and you know trust 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 the actual experts. Um, and but but you know to your point, it, it is it is annoying, and it's like hat like towing that line of like balancing being patient with it, mm -hmm. but then also being able to balance that like there is something, um, there is a, there is a solution somewhere in the future when it does present itself. Yeah. 
you know, will you have the courage to embrace it? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think it's scary because a lot of black people aren't willing to get the vaccine because it's a conspiracy in a way. Um, but I think that like we are the, the population that's most affected. And I, I think that when the vaccine is real, I think that I would I would hope that our communities are getting because I think that that's kind of what white people want. Um, but we're heading into break right now. We will be back with a few more topics. So I thank y'all for staying with us. We'll be right back. What's up, what's up? We're back. Yo, yeah, welcome back, y'all. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, you know, this this first half of uh, uh, the first half of the show, uh, we were talking about capitalism, black capitalism, um, all sorts of sorts of things. And so, you know, now I want to sort of take it into a more lighter, more uh, fun, fun conversation um, around different types of relationship things. T Shaw, is that okay with you? Oh, absolutely. So, so let me let me ask you something. Well, actually, you know what? I say all that, and then I'm actually about to ask you a pretty <laughs> deep question. Okay. Um, you know, are you ready for this, sir? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so y'all, T-Shaw does really, really good with answering my, my deep relationship <laughs> questions. So, you know, he's probably gonna yeah, he's probably gonna knock this one out the park. But I wanted to ask you, what is more important to you, um, finding a spouse or uh, <laughs> having a kid? Finding a spouse or having a kid. Yeah. What is more important? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's actually a really good question. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, my first instinct is saying having a kid. But I think... I think I want to say having a partner. Because I think that, like... Ooh, actually, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna disappoint you by by my questions. This is this is. There's no easy answer to this one, brother. Okay, so I want to say my first my first my gut instinct is saying having a kid. Uh huh. Um, because I think that like we have seen with like divorce rates and different things like that that like your partner might not always be your life partner. Right. I think that that is one thing. So I think if it's like a guarantee that you'll be with that person for the rest of your life, maybe. But I think with your kid, I think that like, you can always be, you always, there's a relationship that's very secure with your kid. I think that like having a kid too, I think that my kid gonna be cold. My kid gonna be cold. Um, Because I'm gonna love them and I'm gonna nurture them and I'm gonna give them all the things that like, not only made me great, but the things that I feel like I also needed as well. Um, And I think that like, yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the kid. What about you? Yeah, I, I think it's tough because for me it's like th- those two things are never really a separate a separate thing. Like yeah. I would never like for me personally, and you know my my parents aren't, aren't my my biological parents aren't together anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like life has worked out fine for all of us, right? So like it's definitely something that can't happen. But like when I think about my kids, I never want to spend a day without my kids growing up. Yeah. And so for me, it's like the the um the mother of my child, I want to also be my spouse. Um, so, I can, so I can like guarantee that I'll be around my kids all the time. Um, and I definitely feel what you're saying in terms of, you know, your kids, your, your legacy, mm-hmm. you know, people get divorced all the time. And, but then I also start thinking about like, you know, I can't control what, what my kids, what my kids are, who, who they end up becoming. Mm-hmm. And like at some point your kids are going to leave you. Um, be their own people. Right. Hopefully. 
Right, and like if you love your spouse and you're in, in the ideal world, your spouse was the one who who you know partnered up with you to create your kids, right? Like that would also be like your best friend, the person that you would spend most of your life with, the person that you would like trust beyond anybody else. And so to imagine a life without that is also so so tough. Um, so like in terms of finding or having, I would say like kids, if we're talking about after I'm dead, like after I'm yeah. gone, yeah. what was the most important thing for me? My kids, because that's, that's my actual legacy. legacy. Yeah. But in terms of, right, but in terms of living day by day, um, the, the spouse might, the spouse might take it. Because it's, it's sort of like, you know, the spouse is basically the kid, someone else's kid who turned out excellent and who turned out to be like, your dream come true. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But your kid, and not your kid, not my kid, but like an imaginary kid that someone has, you know, and I, just for context, neither of us have current kids right now. <laughs> so, to the, that I know of, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but someone's imaginary kid could turn out being horrible, like Trump is someone's kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you never know what you, R. Kelly is someone's kid. So, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, so Tory Lanez is someone's kid. So I don't, that's really, really tough for me in terms of that day by day because it's like having that, that life that life partner, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, so like think about it right now, right? So, you know, knock on wood, who knows, but like let's say you are dating your, your future wife right now, mm -hmm. right? Hopefully. Right, right, right. But and now you got a little... A little t TNA child, yeah, a little TNA child, and and now you're, you're looking at the woman of your dreams who who helped create that child with you, mm -hmm. who gave birth to that child, who's your best friend in the whole world. Mm -hmm. Then you're looking at that child, well, which because it's like you don't even get to the child if you don't yeah, have, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? A, a nice, healthy, stable relationship with. So, so, right. Exactly. So like. Yeah. I, that's, I think, no, I think you've got a great point because I think the day by day, I think people have this habit of living vicariously through their children. Right. So like if their life didn't amount to what they wanted it to be, then they at least can live their dreams and different things through their child. Right. And I think that that puts an extra pressure on the child. It like because yeah, they, they just have so much to live up to. Like it's like oh, I wouldn't have done that. And you tell your your, your child that, but it's like they live in their life. They get to make their own decisions. And I think a lot of people. Um, ooh, especially growing up, I used to see uh, like, like when I ran track, there was this one uh, family. Their dad was like super involved. Like he was a micromanager, a helicopter parent, all of that. He would be at the track practices yelling at them like he was the coach and stuff. And it's like I understand you want them to be great, but it's like you have to let them kind of get there themselves. Right. Um, but I think it's because he wasn't really happy with his life and how to turn it out. He maybe he wanted to be a track star, so he wanted them to kind of become that. Because he could, right? So I think that, like, yeah, I think that I, I think I feel I wouldn't want to be that person. So I would want to feel like your partnership is something that you have, like every day you you have to kind of put energy into for it to be a healthy and, and special thing. So I think that, like, finding a, a, a I guess a soulmate, it don't you know that whatever you kind of want to call it, I think is a very important thing. What about you? Yeah. For me. I see having having a spouse is it, it can be a, a really a really big deal um, because it's like 
you know, your kids are going to grow up and not, and, and leave you. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And they're supposed to leave you. Yeah, and I, like, that's the hope. Right, right. And so, like, when you talk about the, the micromanager thing, or even, the, like, let's say the dad was a track star, had become a track star. Yeah. You still have the, you might still have the pressure of now he wants his kids to be a track star too. Yeah. Maybe even outdo them. Like, you look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his dad didn't even want him to, to be a wrestler. Okay. Wrestler, Yeah, he did, because Dwayne The Rock Johnson's dad didn't make any money wrestling. Right now, but his son became a big star, star. right? And so, like, right? And so, in that case, the parent didn't want the child to do something that they had done, and the child ended up being good at it. Yeah. But it's like you you can't control what your child wants to do or or how they do it, and so you have such little control. And it's not to say that you should have control of your spouse, but it's like it's different because you might not necessarily come into something with a spouse having a, an idealized version. Um, of them and feeling like you have that same type of like responsibility because I think that sometimes parents are like because I'm responsible for you yeah. and because you came for me like I should be able to dictate a little bit of how your life goes oh. and who you end up being yeah and I, I think that kind of gets into the grooming conversation we had yeah uh, what, two weeks ago yeah, yeah, yeah I think that like a real real loving and healthy relationship whether it be with um, your spouse like slash partner or like your child is like watering them and helping them grow no matter what, no matter what they want to be or what they want to do, right. rather than trying to force them to kind of be the, the child or the partner that you want them to be. It's like unconditional love is not like you kind of forcing your ideals upon them. or Like, yeah, there's things as a child like you want to help give them guidance and different things like that, right? But you don't want to clip their wings. You don't want to clip their leaves. You want to let them kind of grow and find their own way. Right. Um, because I think that that's what allows them to really be great. I think when you, like, that's why I really love and appreciate my mom is like, she had these things that she kind of wanted for me. And I think she steered me in that direction. And I think that that's like choosing the food you eat. Like I'm thinking like as a plant, right? right. Like you, you, you choose what time you're watering it and what kind of nutrients you put into the soil and all of that, but you still aren't clipping its wings and different things like that. When I decided to like choose something other than what she wanted, she didn't like, she didn't fight back. She right. was like, oh, that's kind of, but like she still supported it, and I think that that's kind of what I think of. Um, so either way, yeah, you don't you even if it's your child or your your partner, I think you still want to be very supportive of that. But I think people think they have more control over their child, in a sense, um, rather than a partner, because they they see their partner is at least as an autonomous being. Right, right, exactly, exactly, and, and that that's what leads me to this question too. Like, what would be, um, what would be like? something that your child would be dealing with that would be the biggest biggest disappointment right and and and, and i'm not talking about them doing something that's inherently violent to other people yeah, yeah, yeah. but like for me if my if my child ended up like a uh uh like a, a daniel cameron or like someone who was like oh, yeah. had or, or like super super conservative in my child like i'd be disappointed i mean because like that would be one thing where i'm just like hey Hey baby, hey look, 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 I know, you know, I know you're my child, right? And I, and I know that you, you, you got freedom and autonomy, but like, you can't be conservative under my household. <laughs> like, I think that's, that's one thing that I'd be like, I would be, I would be mad hurt. I, I still love my child, but like, I would be mad hurt if they were like, super conservative and not social justice oriented. I'm gonna do it, everything in my power to give them the right, the right soil, the right <laughs> radical soil and water and sunlight to make them a radical white plant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't gotta grow from the concrete because hopefully daddy will have some oh, money. Oh, but like, yeah. you know, 
So like, what would be the biggest disappointment for you in terms of your kid? I think that that was a good point because I like I am a very caring and loving person. Like my girlfriend is a very caring and loving person. So right. like, and I, like whoever I have a child with, I will hopefully like that that would be it, right? So I would hope that child has instilled those values, sure. um, that they really love and care about people. So like, I, when I think of conservatives, I think of the complete opposite. They don't they value money over people, right? So I think that that would hurt. I think that. Um, what else would really be a disappointment? Them deciding, I guess just being a conservative in that sense or kind of having a, a love for money. And that sounds crazy because people think that like that's how you determine success. Right. But I feel like if they sold out in their dreams, because like, kids have dreams. So if my kid was like, oh, I really want to be a veterinarian or I really want to be a politician or I really want to be a firefighter or, I really, or if they want to be a police officer, that would be. <laughs> let, me, let me just throw that. I right, see that's real. That's real. That's real. Um, but like, if they had this dream, right, and then like when they got older, they just decided like, oh no, I just want to do this to make some money, or I just want to like be a scammer, or I just want to. And no, no, you, no, God bless the scammers too. Like, don't get me wrong, get it how they live it. But like, if they had a dream and they gave up on it just for the love of money, just so they could get a quick dollar, then that's where I would be disappointed. Mm, like foregoing their skills, foregoing their God-given talents, um, the things that have made them them and made them unique. I think that would like not following their passions. Um, ooh, if they didn't have no heart too. Like I, I, I think that that's the one thing I love about me. I feel like I really got some heart. They can't be no punk. They can't be no punk, and no matter in what sense, like right. I like. Yeah, no, I think that that might be the number one. Like, that might even be out being a conservative. If you don't got no heart, bro, if you're going to be a conservative, at least have some heart. Because like, I think that, like, what has disappointed me the most is, like, I've been playing on intramural teams. Like, I told you, I kick people off the court for not trying. Like, right, right, right. Don't get on this court and try. Like, I, we not we not doing that at all. Because heart will get you past people with skill and talent and all of that. Like, I need you to have some, like, some real drive, some drive to be great. Just look at what Jimmy Butler did with the Heat. Exactly, I love Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is really in my top three of players. Right, right, right. And it's like, people be like, oh, Jimmy Butler not in the top 10 in the NBA. And he might not be, but I would choose him, oh, like, he would be probably like number 10 or number nine. For Cause there's people like, that I think are way more talented, like, but I think it, they won't ever win you no games. Like Carl Anthony Towns is better than Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler beat him and uh, the rest of their starters with third stringers. Who, who's the other guy on the team currently? Was Carl Anthony Towns? Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and just real just quick, because I love what you said about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was vilified. Yes, for that. And then he went to Miami with a bunch of no names and like went to the finals. Like, I he love was competing because he got hard, bro. Like, hard will really. I be watching anime too. Uh, my favorite, one of my like, all of my favorite characters are usually the main character is somebody that like isn't the most talented. There's always somebody that's more talented. Like in Naruto, Naruto doesn't have that much talent, but he got hella heart. He got right. like a little power and shit too. But like, like Sasuke is the person with talent. Like right. I'm watching My Hero with my girl, and Midoriya is the person that's like uh, the the main character, right? He didn't have no powers. Everybody yeah. else had powers and stuff. Like people are actually so skilled, but he be beating people because he won't give up. You're right, exactly. and that's what I like love. It's like I was that small dude that didn't really have a lot of like options, didn't have a lot of. But it's like I'm gonna give you all that I got. I'm gonna give you 110, and I'm gonna leave it here. And that usually beats a lot of people. That's so if I got a kid that's quitting and shit, like it's it's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah. I, I've never been in that situation. Just just being being the, the smaller guy and like 
you know, having some, some bigger dudes on the court looking at me crazy, but then I, I, I defensively light them up, yeah. shut them down, they like respect. I'm like, yeah, that's all you can give me. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna try. Right, and I didn't. If I don't got a kid that can't try, then I'm It's bad, but yeah. I, I, wanna, I wanna also talk about what you said in terms of their, their love for money, because recently um, there's been a conversation going on um, with with none other than Sawiti and and her her ice icy man uh, Quavo icy drip drip. Um, do you, will you tell the folks what's, what's been going on there, Tisha? Yeah, uh, could you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got to get you. the quote uh, that she said. Yeah, Because yeah. this has stirred the pot on a whole lot of social media, and I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what did she say? So she said that if he not giving you a Birkin. If he's not paying your bills, then send him back to the streets. And I think the problem with that is that people have been taking it too little. Too little. If your man make $25,000, if he make $50,000, he don't expect him to give you no Birkin bag. I think they like 30. They, they, they something crazy. I ain't gonna give you a number. They something crazy. Right. And I think that like people get very enamored by these celebrities saying these things. And it's like, you have to filter it out by tax bracket. I think the thing at the heart of that message is, is he, if it, is he taking care of you? Is he treating you to dinner? Is he treating you well? Is he buying you the things that you want? I think it doesn't really have to be gifts, but like, are they following your love languages? Are they taking care of you? Like, okay, paying your bills. We can we can think of that in a bunch of different ways, not literally paying your rent and all of that. If he got $300,000, yeah, maybe he should be paying your rent and his rent. Like, I don't know. But I think that like, what I think of is like, okay, is he like treating you to dinner? Is he... Is he treating you to things? Like, does he care about you? Because there's a lot of bums out here that, like, trying to Netflix and chill, right? Right, right. And I, I, that's what I think of. Yeah. What about you? No, no, no. So, so it's, it's two things. First of all, I, I totally agree with what you said in terms of filtering it out by a tax bracket, bracket and thinking about context for your life and not that celebrity's life. So maybe it's not a birthday bag for you. Maybe it's a payless purse. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and like, if your man's buying you that, that $20, $15 payless purse, first to show you he cares, then let him do that. You know, maybe it's not giving you, you're paying your rent. Maybe it's giving you, you $20 to buy a Happy Meal. You know what yeah. I'm saying? For you, you and the kitty, right? It, it, it could be anything, uh, but, but it's that context. But see, the second thing, this is what, what gets on my nerves about our this, people. This our oh, this is what grinds my gears. My thing is this, right? I think that we think about, I, I hate I hate all the um, all the value that we put on um, the on some of these items in, in the fashion industry, mm -hmm. in the fashion industry, because um, I, because I, because I think that Jacob the Jeweler does not care about you. You know what I'm saying? He, he'll do some good designs because he's paying him good money. But, but think about it like this, y'all. Like, I know that you can make a legitimate argument that, like, oh, I care about an Oscar or an Academy Award because, you know, even though you know that's that's a predominantly white industry. I will actually get a lot more opportunities because I got that because it's valued more. People, but, yeah, people put their value onto it. Exactly. But we don't have that excuse for fashion and jewelry. Mm, that's true. You know, that's all social. Like, I mean, it's honestly the same thing. It's like people yeah. have put this social, like, it's like Supreme. Like, people just, Supreme is hot just because people have put in this value of what Supreme is. Right. And there's a price on it. So then it, it, in our head, it costs a lot. But all it is one like my shirt say Dream Deal. Now if it says Supreme with a red block on it, it would be worth three hundred something dollars. Three hundred, yeah. And I'm just like, y'all, we control the market. We're the ones with trillions of dollars and yeah. buying power. So it's like, 
we should be saying, we should, like, if you're going to be uh, classes, then at least be classes where it's helping out black people. You know what I'm saying? And not only helping out black people, but black people who are helping out black people. Because yeah. because you and I were having a conversation like, you know, Jordan Jordan doesn't necessarily do everything for, for black people. So, like, yeah. supporting Jordan doesn't necessarily mean supporting black people collectively. It means yeah. you're supporting Jordan. Yeah, but, I mean, he is a black business owner in right. a way, I guess. Right, and, and like, he, I, I'll say he's, he's trying to donate, you know, money towards black efforts and stuff like that. But, but like... Yeah. Give right, right, but like give giving your giving your money to a creator or entrepreneur that's giving that money back to the black community actively. Like I think about like someone like Issa Rae. Like I like I think about people who are actually down there in the dirt, dirt who who have been genuine with with us. So like quit like if we're gonna have this conversation, let it be about some maybe some Rockefeller wear, some Diddy wear, or something else by a black designer by a black jeweler. Like, can we start putting more value on on the things that we create because we have the power? These white companies come to us, not the other way around. Yeah. But actually, no, no, we come to them too, but we don't have to, that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, we put value into it for no reason too. It's like, don't get me wrong, I understand that there's a quality level, right, that like you are paying for sometimes. Right. Like a, a Birkin bag, quality-wise, I'm sure it's much better than a Payless purse. Like, we'll, I, I give you that, I give you that. But I think that we are we are willing to give three thirty thousand dollars for that purse, but we won't spend forty five dollars on a shirt created by our friends. Like we won't we won't put money into the community like that. We we y'all y'all gotta realize that Popeye's chicken was sorry. This is this sounds random. Y'all gotta realize that we have killed each other each other for some of these things that are not even owned by us. People have gotten killed over Popeye's chicken. People have gotten killed over Jordan. We like we. We, so we, we gotta <laughs> we have to value thing things that are for us by us and that's not no type of fubu shout out but, but like <laughs> be like let's be more active if we're gonna have these conversations about about Birkin Birkenbacks too but that's all I got got yeah, to say about it too. I, I think that is crazy too there's just been so much turmoil stirred up about this comment that she had because again people have taken it too literal like men are literally getting on the internet saying. Like, oh, if you're trying to date me, don't even think I'm going to try to buy you a Birkin bag. Or women are like, oh, if you if you want me, just like Sweetie said, give me a Birkin bag. Like, again, we just need to filter it by tax bracket. Like, think about it on your own means, on your own terms. It's not a Birkin bag. It don't have to be a Birkin bag. It can be whatever you, like, kind of want in the sense that it's, like, it's feasible, right? Like, I just got my girl some flowers that was, like, $7 or something at Trader Joe's. But there was some nice pink roses, and we, I was getting some like stuff for our breakfast, and I was like, "Oh, these are nice. She might like these." Yeah. It's something like that, like being considerate, right? It's just like getting people gifts that you think they're like, "Oh, this will make them feel good. They like these things, right?" Yeah. I, look, um, uh, this is where my cocky and arrogant side comes in. I, and this is what I, this is what I'm saying to all you Negroes out here. I can do more with twenty dollars to impress to impress a woman that you than you can do with twenty thousand. I oh, put that absolutely. So yeah, yeah. So like you. Bro, you also got to use your mind to be creative, right? And and I think that, you know, I think that you have to, I guess, consider consider that, like, this, this sort of intellectualism about, like, understanding someone. But also, if that person is values the Birkin bag and you can't afford the Birkin bag, then, like, maybe you shouldn't be with that person. Yeah. And maybe they're more efficient to see. Yeah. And maybe you shouldn't try to stunt and flex and pretend like you can afford the stuff when you can't. Can't and go into debt or debt or worse because you're trying to flex for a certain type of person who's never going to be into you anyway. That's a bar. Say that one more time. So the people. Me. Yeah. 
Negroes, men, quit flexing, quit flexing, quit flexing, quit flexing. If you don't have it, then you don't have it. Find a woman, find a woman that doesn't need a that doesn't need a, a Birkin bag if you can't afford a Birkin bag. It's okay. Look, I've I've gotten I've had some of the, the craziest, most fun bachelor times when I was making the least amount of money. Why? Because I'm creative. Why? Because I can take someone out on a date, a date that's super, that's not only inexpensive, but super fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can go to a laser light show for $9 dollars and listen to Beyonce. I think black women like Beyonce oh, last time I checked. You know what I'm saying? Like he is king. Yeah, like it, it, you know, take them on a take them on a bobo tea date day and talk with them. Yeah. Get get to know them. Yeah, get listen. Yeah, crazy listen. thing that, that, that we do you know, I'm getting older now, so I, I guess my generation I we, we used to do this thing that women call talking with them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I I don't know if, I don't know, you know, if that's going out the window now, but it's like there there's just so many other ways to to engage people and make people like Tisha was saying feel heard and seen and appreciated. It's not always attached to a dollar sign. Yeah, so yeah, how much does a dollar really cost, right? I think that that's one of the biggest questions to ask um, and one of the biggest questions to answer because like money won't, you can't throw money at problems all the time, right? Oof. You can't throw money at problems all the time. So it's like, again, you can make $20 go way longer than you can make 20000 sometimes. If you don't know what somebody like it, you might take them and think about the. I think about that trip, right? The dude that was power tripping, right? Right. He thought that this twenty thousand dollars trip was gonna make girl pop pop a thing for him, right? He thought he was gonna be able to hit off off this nice trip, but you didn't take the time to get to know her, to get to get her to like you, things like that. You you gotta you need the organic growth before you can just get the or inorganic growth. You can't, oh, you can't, oh, you just oh, can't buy everything. Rich money won't fix all problems. They genuine genuine. Love still matters more than money. I'm gonna leave y'all on that note. Ooh, I, well, look, look, that was I, I dropped my mic a little bit. I dropped my mic a little bit for that statement. Uh, look, uh, look, it's it's over, y'all. It's just a wrap. How much does a dollar actually cost? Like, like we want you to think about that about money on all these different levels that we've talked about today. Um, and so look. T-Shot, I don't, I don't got nothing else after that. You, like, you, you, you said it down. You put it down. You, you got anything else to add? Nah, that's it, bro. Just just pay attention. But I think that whether it be a woman, it can be your kid, it can be... Your politics. Yeah, politics, siblings. Like, just pay attention and listen and love and learn and care for people. That's all I got for y'all. That's it. That's it. Well, look, y'all, it has been a great show. Um, yeah, as always, thank y'all for the love. Thank y'all for tuning in. Um, you know, we've, we've been engaging um, with, with y'all, you know, more. Um, and, and, and continue to look for that because we always got more stuff coming for y'all. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you got a quick spotlight for them? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. One more thing I do want to say because this sort of had me a little bit, you know, not hot, but annoyed. So <laughs> usually we do spotlights and we, you know, we commend someone in the community for like, doing something um, for, you know, around black people and for black people. So JP, uh, Morton Chase, you know, committed $30 billion to advance racial equity. Um, but most of this stuff was just in loans that they were going to be giving to black people. And so like, it's great to get a loan, but it's like, especially in this age where we talk, we're like, like LA literally has people working on reparation plans right now. I'm just like, hey, like maybe just give people some money or like think about other ways to like get to, financially empowered black people that doesn't involve them paying you back when there are instances of like created to help like build most of this country up. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that especially with these financial institutions, there's just so many things other than a loan that you could be doing to advance um, um, black people. 
I just think I think it's so funny. Like you're loaning racial equity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's quite literally. literally. Like you can't even grant this stuff, right? Like that's why I feel like things like this need to be taken, right? Because if you gonna loan it to me, I might as well take it from you. Because right. you expected me to give my racial equity back. Like what? I don't. I, yeah. I just think that that's funny. Like we can't even. Uh, yeah. Like you. You can't. I, I guess freedom can't be a gift, right? It'll always be taken back. Like I think that that's the symbolism from that for me. Like reparations looks like a loan, <laughs> and we're, we're, we're uh, relying on cap- like this capitalist country that like and how it's always going. Because we know that J.P. Morgan and Chase probably profited off slave labor some way, yeah, in shape or form. So it, yeah, it's, it's all intertwined. And so shout out to them in the words of T. Shaw, I guess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout out to them, I guess. But I mean, you know, yay! Congratulations, JP Morgan, for advancing yeah. racial equity. I guess, yeah, but people just stay woke. Just like I said, just always stay aware. They they gonna tell you it's racial equity. It's not. It's not. Yeah, ask ask deeper questions. Ask so. deeper questions. I think that that again that goes with your politics, your finances, relationships, all of that. Yeah, yeah. So. With that being said, look, we want to make sure you all are following us. Follow us at uh, Brew and Black Pod on Twitter and follow us at Brew and Black Podcast on Instagram. We got some more um, things coming for y'all, like always. Yeah. Um, and with that, T Shaw, you want to end us out? Absolutely. So, like we always like to say, keep the coffee black. black. We like our podcast, like we like our black. black. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with us. It was a great show. We had a great conversation. We will not see y'all next week. We won't. Yes. I'm sorry. We got to handle some business. Yeah. We will be back in a few weeks. And it's going to be post-election. So we either going to be celebrating and turning up. Oh, my God. It will be post- oh, my gosh. It will <laughs> either be- way, we're going to have a drink on you. So I hope you got the drink on you, too. Oh, my gosh. Yes, <laughs> yes. Peace, y'all. Stay safe with Halloween coming up. And we will catch y'all later. All right, y'all.